try again, but it's uh, sometimes, you know, I may have a bit of a glitch. Yeah. I'll get off, so. Yeah, get off and I'll try again. Welcome to the Leaders Who Care, a podcast powered by Dynamis Group. We are here to give the stage and support to those committed to create a positive and lasting impact way beyond the profits and margins, the leaders of the world who care for others and serve a bigger purpose. Join us on the journey of creating a better, more caring world. And now to your host, Marian Timalkov. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to season three of the Leaders Who Care. Um, it's been a, a great to have uh, to have to have a wonderful guest starting today with the season, and um, I would like to welcome uh, Ellie Norman, who actually is uh, a former CMO of Formula One. I love racing, I love cars, and uh, she's made a time to join us today. But she's also an exceptional leader who cares about others, as you know. We're on a mission to bring some of the most caring leaders from every corner of the world. And um, it's been a pleasure and honor for really supporting us and listening to the insights of some of the greatest, but also leaders who lead by example and take care of others. Ellie, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome on the Leaders Who Care. Marion, good morning to you. And thank you so much for taking the time and inviting me to join you. Looking forward to it. Ellie, there's so many questions, of course, but uh, first of all, uh, what inspires you and what kind of really led you to becoming a CMO of Formula One? How, how did that all happen? You know, for the ones who love the sport, for the ones who really love the, um, uh, really, and how it's transformed, um, tell us your journey of, of how did you get there? I mean, it's a it's a great question, and um, I've been so sort of fortunate in life, and I you know I've um, had a great journey at Formula One, but I've also had some kind of time out of the sport now, and that sort of time to reflect um, about what makes me tick, where I've come come from, and you know, in truth, in my wildest dreams, I never thought that I would be working in Formula One, have the opportunities that I've had um, sort of through life. And um, the one thing that I kind of keep coming back to that really makes me tick is the desire to make a difference. And um, as I've looked back on the sort of chapters in my career to date, they've been in different industries and they've been kind of client side and I had some time sort of agency side. But I think the, the common element in each of those is being able to make a difference and that inevitably comes from when something isn't quite perfect or a little bit broken or there's a problem and there's something that you have to kind of correct or there might be an incumbent in the market and that's what really sort of excites me um, and inevitably it always comes down for me, it always comes down to people, human beings, behavior, um, and sort of what really drives um, people's behavior um, and sort of, I suppose, desires. Um, and that's what I really sort of love 
doing and I've been sort of fortunate enough to to be able to have a career to date um, with, with that as my kind of common thread. You know, we live in a privileged time and uh, in many ways we have so much opportunity, so much information in front of us. Um, but sometimes uh, we get lost, it, often in fact, people are not so sure. And since when we talk about care, what is very important for us, you know, from my own personal background and having helped so many leaders around the world um, with their own career, um, what is important is what makes you thrive in your yeah. workplace rather than survive? Mm. And, um, for you personally, what, what is that in secret sauce? What is that ingredient that, because we spend most of our lives at work, it's, yeah. uh, you know, we don't even spend more time with our families. We yeah. spend yeah. a lot of, the, you know, eight hours or more at work and the other eight, we sleep, well, seven, eight, whatever, and then the other eight, not even between family. Mm -hmm. So what is your secret? It may sound really um, sort of cheesy, Marin, but for me, working with great people and, you know, I'm, I'm very visually driven and I love to be able to kind of connect dots and really to kind of look at a broad landscape. And for me to always have my sort of eye on this kind of future landscape, this kind of vision and having a big, powerful story, um, working with great people and in that knowledge that you have each other's back uh, but together we can actually drive change um, we can create sort of impact those are the things that kind of really keep me energized actually and wanting to kind of move forwards on that sort of path of, of just kind of driving change um, and challenging the status quo and that comes from a great group of people uh, in with a shared vision, um, really wanting to to achieve the same things. Thank you for sharing that. It is actually not trivial at all um, when you talk about a group of people and so many. I see this trait from so many leaders, including Elon Musk, a group of people, Steve Jobs. They're all saying that one of the key elements is a group of people. It doesn't have to be large. Could be small that united by passion by common vision making a difference um it's challenging status quo getting together but when you look at leaders around the world i was doing some research recently and I've, i wanted to find out how many managers are there in europe just as a doesn't mean they're all leaders but but just as a you know leadership positions and it's about 15 million according to google so i'm not so sure whether that's uh, correct but but if we talk about this, there's quite a lot of people leading others. Yeah. So what is important here is if you look at your experience and you've been blessed and able to, to achieve that because you thrive, you, you, you say gather a team, but how do you, in other words, it's not just how do you attract the team, but who do you need to become to attract that group of people is the question. You've got to know yourself. And um, I'm still learning about myself, but it's been really clear on what are you great at? What are you really good at? What's your superhuman strength, your power? But equally know where your shadows are. And um, I've got some big shadows, but I've also got some things that I'm great at. 
and inevitably for me it's being very honest very open at talking about your shared your shared vision your big kind of scary sort of hairy idea and knowing that you can't do that by yourself it requires a group of people and inevitably the brilliant thing about humans is we're all different and so actually if you can bring those differences together and be complementary to each other we can actually go further um and i think for me it's recognizing what i'm great at knowing where i need support um and also sort of having a great relationship with your boss and you know for me at a cmo sort of level um that boss is often sort of the ceo of a company and and kind of being able to kind of navigate and have those honest conversations be able to to sort of share your vulnerabilities equally with um recognizing and owning your strengths I never get it right all the time but I think it's something that you're constantly working on so that actually with every day you you become sort of better. Um and and personally for me creating the sort of time to to reset and to recharge um is again really sort of important to keep you at your at your sort of best or at least kind of becoming your best. That is interesting. because oh thank you very a lot of valuable points but you said taking a time to reset and recharge how do you do that how do you take care of your self yeah. in order to be operating at the optimum you know sometimes i had comments from team members say yeah. hey, you operate at such you know kind of intense yeah. and high level and you do it consistently yeah. uh, you know how do you do that yeah so um the last two years as i think it's been for everyone massively challenging and marin i definitely did not take care of myself in the way that i should have and i think it's only having sort of left f1 in kind of q1 of this year that i've taken that time and i've realized i wasn't my true self but having had this time out it, i'm now back to kind of feeling like elly So one of the things that sort of I always um keep in my head and I love to keep things simple um but I often talk about my shit and for me that's um sleep hydration exercise and diet and that very much comes from for me my sort of energy levels and recognizing that i've got to have all of those sort of elements pretty kind of in balance and it's never perfect because there'll be some days where you know the nature of sport is you're on this kind of treadmill and um the rhythm of sport is so sort of different that inevitably there'll be nights where perhaps you're flying or you've got a little bit of jet lag and you're you're not going to get more than 3 or 4 hours sleep but i know that i need to kind of do a top up and that again having those bits as my foundation is so important for my physical energy and then there are other sort of um aspects which is also sort of important around um emotional energy or kind of spiritual energy or kind of intellectual energy and um those are sort of again things where it's about 
I think having discipline and a consistency to making sure that you're placing as much importance on some of those elements as you are on kind of doing your job. And sometimes you you hear about it or you read about it, don't you? Of like sometimes to stop and to take time out rather than keeping going means you'll come back with kind of greater effectiveness. Um, but sometimes I'm my, I'm my own worst enemy because um, I'm really bad at stopping. I heard that as well. And um, sometimes you, you do so much that... Uh... And it's like an adrenaline or until you until you finish something until you, you won't stop which has other consequences of, of course uh, family and other people yeah. around your friends but um it, it's it's important to take care uh, of yourself and you, you've highlighted it. it's it's yeah. basic but it's hydration good sleep of course uh, exercise good food that, that observe yourself yeah. they say uh, get to know your body get to know your mental health and uh, then you can show up because it, as a leader, it, it's no longer just you. You, you lead other people. Yeah. Um, what makes a good to great leader? And what do you think carries a weakness? Ooh. You can tell me, Marion, because I'm still on my kind of learning journey. But for me, um, certainly what I've really appreciated from great leaders, myself, is and i'd like to think that you know i deliver this as well but again a great leader for me is someone who has a clear vision they're able to set a direction a, a real focus on relationships because without big relationships we're not going to be able to get done what we need to do to deliver on sort of a vision and um you need those big relationships because inevitably what you've got to get done isn't easy. Otherwise it would have already been done. And that can often mean making decisions between what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. And so you have to have relationships that are big enough to really sort of withstand that. And then I think it's about empowering with passion and people wanting to follow and wanting to go on this journey for you. Um, and those are the sort of elements I tend to think of. And I, I know that when I've worked for great leaders myself, I've taken so much value from having been led in that way and empowered to then be able to, to do what I think is best as an expert in that role in order to deliver on the kind of vision. So a very clear strategy, empowered with passion, to then sort of really go ahead and be able to kind of achieve that. Well, thank you for sharing. This is certainly uh, so powerful. And often may, people may know them, but reminding of them, how important is that? Yeah. And you said, led by those great leaders, you know, led in a, in a such a way. Yeah. Having a great vision, having that uh, um, really empowerment and passion. But if you look at specific behaviors of the great of that led in such a great way what are those let's say specifics on a day-to-day -day basic that makes you feel that way makes you really uh thrive at yeah. what you oh i love these questions Marin. they're really probing it's making me work hard um 
connectedness. And, you know, I think as human beings, we all, we're a herd, we're a herd, aren't we? We like to feel like we're part of something, something that's bigger than just ourselves as individuals. And that sort of day-to-day sense of being connected, um, of being being part of something much bigger has daily been something that's kind of shown up to me. The uh, Aside from the sort of um, connectedness, feeling like you are continuing to craft what you're good at. So that level of expertise and continuing to learn and to make that better has also been um, something that I certainly have kind of really appreciated. Um, and I think just the, you know, it's so small and it, it links to the connectedness as well, but this element of being seen and of a leader's sort of role, and I think this is true for all of us, but, you know, inevitably for where we work, um, I often think of myself as being a caretaker like the brands that I work for, or I've worked at, are going to outlive me. And I'm there for a period of time. And um, sort of my point to that is very much about knowing it's not just you. It's not all about you. It's the people around you. And by seeing everyone, just actually lifting their confidence, their sort of energy levels, their belief that they can actually go that little bit further, and you might see it in them, but they might not see it in themselves. Um, those are some of the, the sort of elements that I've certainly sort of appreciated from great leaders that have placed that trust in me um, because there is a belief that I can do it. Thank you so much. That's really uh, gives us a, a really important of what, what describes a great leader to you and how, how a CEO could could really or leader lead and work with exceptionally gifted leader like yourself because that's i found sometimes it's not always easy to achieve that to create the atmosphere it's uh, it takes a lot of development on the leader uh, as well to be able to understand and be connected to their people to understand them to know what sets their heart on fire it's not sometimes that's uh, straightforward but for some comes naturally as well it's yeah. uh, and, um, and it's tough, isn't it because there are so many variables it would be easy if the variables didn't change okay but mm. if i think back to what we've sort of lived through um with the pandemic there are times then where sometimes a leader has to be much more instructional and actually at a time of great uncertainty the instruction the clarity of we're going to do steps one two three four five actually that might be just what your people need and you know those things kind of change don't they depending on the individual and the situation it's all about that kind of context it's a great moment you're raising this because we got a question here from Stoyan who we met and he's uh, actually asking a very interesting question here talking about challenges can you share a major challenge you were faced with professionally 
and how did you resolve it and what do you think do we do when things get heated and urgent so that we remain calm and solve the situation that's a fantastic question so i've definitely had a few major challenges um there was one situation actually more than one situation but um one kind of specific um sort of situation where if we go back to what we all have kind of lived through being in a sport being in formula one when the um pandemic hit like for all businesses and people it really did turn everything upside down and we went from being in melbourne in march 2020 expecting to have a race um into that friday morning having a um, engineer in the mclaren race team test positive which quite quickly um was a domino effect into the grand prix being cancelled and um if we cast our minds back that weekend uh, was a weekend that the nfl cancelled their season the nba cancelled their season so you know, for anyone in kind of marketing in comms you're always used to working with a plan a a plan b sometimes a kind of plan c but this really was like okay how are we going to deal with this and i think in those situations the first thing for me sort of always is the impact on others so it's absolutely a headache when you're in a sport or a league and um you have to cancel something and there are the sort of conversations that you can imagine needing to take place um but you know what there are 100 or 1000 people who have been looking forward to perhaps this one event in their home country and they're there for a shared experience or to kind of make memories with friends and families and that's the sort of place that i think about immediately is well how are fans going to feel because mm-hmm. i'm fortunate in that i get to experience this phenomenal sport every time we race but for these people um this isn't a normal kind of everyday thing and so it's often thinking about who are your audiences and being able to understand or try to empathize what they will be feeling and therefore what is the best way for us to communicate with them and i think fundamentally with all communication just go with the truth uh be prepared for what you might get back cuz people respond in different ways anger fear scared you know there's a whole sort of multitude of things and then there are all the internal kind of things that you have to sort of deal with but i think being quite clear about the order and the steps you're going to move in is really important and again before you go out and communicate externally is make sure that everyone internally is aligned so that you have a consistency of sort of message and with that consistency to ensure it's truthful but also um 
you are consistent with whoever is sharing that message, consistency, truthfulness, and kind of clarity as well. So that would definitely be sort of one challenge. That isn't a unique challenge because we all face those challenges during that time. And I think another example would be when something bad happens and, um, you know, Formula One is a dangerous sport. The safe, it's never been safer or more safe than it is today, but accidents can and still happen. And there was a um, fatal accident in Spa in Belgium in August 2019. And coming to the second part of the question about how do I sort of respond or keep calm is I think actually in a crisis, I do tend to just slow everything down and I become quite sort of methodical and quite logical. And I think, you know, I have a responsibility to remain calm because I have a responsibility to try to keep everyone calm around. And when there is something like that, again, it's thinking about all of your different audiences, your kind of people, what you have to communicate, what it means to them, the importance of relationships and, you know, family first, then kind of fans and, and going through the correct kind of sequence. But it's so important for me as that sort of comms person to remain calm myself, because if I'm in a flap, I think that's only going to kind of create more uncertainty and um, more sort of chaos for everyone else. And so for me, it's about slowing everything down and almost like removing bits so that everything just becomes quite kind of focused and centered. Um, and I'm not really articulating that in a, in a particularly clear way, but when you're in that situation, just something kind of clicks inside of me. Thank you. No, that's, that's really, uh... And, and here, coming back to one of the other questions is, is care a weakness, as some people may see it that way, or is it a strength? Great question. I'm, for me personally, caring is a strength. And I think what's quite sort of fascinating is Ultimately, people want to be successful, but people will measure success in many different ways. And how you measure success could be different to how I measure success, or actually how we think about it could be very different to someone else or another CEO or another type of business. But I tend to think in the long term, and yes, there are always kind of gates that you have to pass through or kind of hurdles. And I think for us in business, that can often be your quarterly sort of results. But it's always thinking about what is the real time horizon and what is the outcome or the change that we want to affect. And without care, everything becomes very transactional. 
But if you genuinely care for someone, they will go above and beyond um, for you, for a cause, for the business. And so for me, it's one of the, the kind of core characteristics that I would genuinely describe myself as being a kind and caring person because it really matters to me how other people are thinking and feeling. And it doesn't mean that we always agree because we don't always agree. But coming from a basis of being kind and caring, when there is a disagreement or you're not going to align on something, it's knowing that you've done it in the right way. Oh, that's, I like what you just said um, about, about care. And uh, give us an example where, especially in Formula One, where care made a difference for you. For my team, my people, um, I care sort of deeply um, about how sort of people are. And so there is an understanding that everyone will have, everyone's got their own little battles going on in life. And so therefore the way you show up at work inevitably will be impacted by stuff that I might not be aware of. And so there's a really small things and it comes back to making sure everyone feels seen is how you greet people and how you greet everyone. Um, and that for me is just wishing everyone good morning, stopping by, talking to people. So yeah, I may have a request of like, oh, can you remind me, uh, what was that stat or do we have any data on that? But first of all, it's like make time for other people be able to see them, how life is, how their weekend is, whatever it might be, okay? What are they excited about or kind of what are you worried about? And, and put the time in to kind of like walk the halls. Um, and that's a very small but I think quite a powerful way of showing care to your sort of people. Um, and that goes a long way. And uh, we see that you also put a lot of effort into diversity and inclusion. And uh, yeah. really, that's that's part of you. When you launch a campaign, we race as one. Yes. Um, tell us more about that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of caring, obviously, on a far more public scale. Um, but I think there is, you know, sport is so powerful at bringing people together. And you can be from different backgrounds, different nationalities. You might not even speak the same language. There are so many nuances. But the one thing that you may have an absolute shared love and passion for is a particular sport or particular team. And um, that should be used in the right way. And Formula One as a sport is so incredibly powerful because of how global it is in its nature. And it also attracts um, criticism for some of the countries that are all racing. And it can be very easy to not go somewhere because of the criticism. 
But if you are going to go somewhere, it's going there knowing that clearly it's going to be commercially beneficial for everyone. But if that is a, if that's one reason, what's the bigger reason? And if that bigger reason is about how do you shine a spotlight into a culture or into a country that is wanting to change and use your sport because of the 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 kind of um, the light that is shone on it to maybe help to accelerate some of those changes or to ensure that there is a positive legacy, then that's that's a, a reason to do that and you keep going back. And that's the brilliant thing about sort of Formula One is it will race in countries not just for kind of two or three years, but it's been racing in countries since 1950. And actually to have that relationship and, you know, the most obvious example is Saudi Arabia. Now, I'd never been to Saudi Arabia um, prior to going with Formula One. And um, I had a perspective and going to Saudi and working with the team of people, I was very surprised as to how many talented women I was working with in the different ministries. Um, It was fantastic through the kind of work and all the planning to see mixed grandstands and concerts happening and seeing the impact particularly on younger women who are there watching something that they are learning about or they're kind of saying this is a great sport seeing them enjoy themselves with kind of friends at a concert in a mixed environment um giving them the opportunity to perhaps take part in some karting or to kind of do some engineering that's like really really cool stuff and that's kind of one example of we racers one um but the we racers one again was very much driven from having that time at home when the pandemic hit and we obviously cancelled the melbourne race in march 2020 um, and then we were working at home. So we didn't start racing as a sport until July 2020. So it's a, a good sort of three months there of like, oh, what are we going to do? So um, Chase, the CEO at the time, um, incredible sort of team. Obviously, he's a brilliant leader, but incredible team working super hard to um, get the sport back up and running and how we would do that safely. Um, And the other side of that was, well, how do we use this as an opportunity to come back in a slightly different way? Um, And the We Racers one coincided and obviously was um, inspired not only by seeing how people were responding to the pandemic and actually, for me, the, um, the community spirit that we saw happen across the world. Um, but also with the with the murder of George Floyd and actually sort of um, speaking to kind of Lewis and seeing the impact that that had, 
it really felt that again the we racers one was an opportunity to really come to bed together and to use the formula one platform to to care and to drive good we have a very interesting question here when you talk about care and uh, com competitiveness you know in sports you know and he's, yeah. uh, another great question was uh, can you be highly competitive and caring at the same time yeah. you know it, it, it is their sweet spot i love that question and um actually to your earlier question as well about challenges when you work in sport i think you know as you've highlighted you have phenomenal athletes and um, typically in sort of Formula One and the league team, perhaps it is slightly different in the sense of you have teams going against each other. So it's slightly different to say football or it's slightly different to rugby or cricket, okay? But fundamentally, they are there to, um, to win. And so actually, when you then look at something like We Race As One, and we're wanting all of these athletes that typically, when the lights go out, they are there to win. When you want them to do something together, that's a very different mind that is required and a real kind of shift. And um, we actually did spend quite a bit of time talking about that. And I think one of the... Um, frustrations is when we were doing we race as one and particularly at the very beginning with um end racism we saw many other sports taking a knee um and there was consistency now in formula one but perhaps by its kind of global nature you have drivers from many different nationalities and for some of those drivers um there was a nationality thing of like, in my culture, I just would never take a knee. Um, I would take a knee when I'm proposing, but I just wouldn't do that. Um, and yet for other people, it, it's very hard to understand. Well, everyone else is doing this. Why won't you do this? Mm. And that's where the you can either continue to have that competitive nature or you can start to think much more collectively to say, what is the outcome that we want to achieve here? And you can go around and you can say, what is the right thing to do? Do we care about ending racism? Do we care about driving um, and striving for equality and equity? And do we think that everyone should have a right to education? And, you know, invariably you can ask those 20 drivers and they'll say, yes, 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 yes. I like what you said, you know, because it can be expressed in different ways. So I, the end outcome, not the fact that you don't agree to right. just do the nailing on the thing, but it's more right. of how you express care. Yeah. So you don't have to do it in the same way. And people exactly. should be okay with that. And it shouldn't yeah. be like imposing on people because that's then no longer, it should be voluntary. You know, care 100%. 100%. And in Formula One, the solution was we will create 20 seconds within the schedule. Everyone feels comfortable wearing a t-shirt, but you will choose your own gesture. Everyone is aligned on the outcome, but you choose your own gesture. And that was different to other sports, but it, for me, it was a way where we were able to go from an individual competitive mindset into a collective caring outcome-focused mindset. 
I love that. You know, care it not only works, guys. It's as Ailey said, care is cool. So uh, you know, it it makes a difference. Try it. You might know, actually enjoy it so much that really makes a difference. Um, one uh, important question uh, because we I talk to a lot of leaders, and, and after all, you know, when we look back, when we're at the end of our lives, we 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 all hope at the end that we probably have had a great life and we don't regret many things in life. And that comes down to, of course, how you do things every day and how fulfilled you are. Give me your definition of fulfillment. What is fulfillment in life for you? Ultimately, it comes down to, for me, health, happiness and, and great relationships. And I'm very driven and disciplined. I want to I want to be successful. I want to be the best that I do and go home knowing that I've made a difference. But what's what makes me feel fulfilled is having health. Freedom, so you can go anywhere. Having being healthy, you can go on a mountain bike. You can climb a mountain. You can yeah. go and see your friends, and people take that for granted. So please, time, time with my husband. Sometimes the simplest of sharing a meal with friends and family, like my perfect, perfect, perfect evening, cooking, mm. people around a table, great conversation. Thank you for sharing that. For you personally, what's next and what what sets your heart on fire, in other words, and what's Ooh. coming next for you, Ellie? So a, what's coming next is um, chapter four of my journey. Um, chapter four, interesting. Chapter four. Chapter four. Um, I'm really excited to yeah. embrace a new challenge. And for me, the ingredients of being able to make an impact to um, to really kind of drive relationships is important. And if I'm more specific, the brilliant thing about sports is when you think about fans. And so actually fan engagement, what matters to fans and showing up in the right way. Um, if I can do that, then I'll be challenged, excited, and happy. It's far easier said than done um, because there are so many kind of things that impact that. Um, but that's really sort of important to me. And again, coming back to, um, I think, something I said earlier is also kind of recognizing that when I go into my sort of chapter four, I will be a caretaker um, for a period of time. And for me, it's important that I leave something in a better position than when I found it. Um, and that's what I would like to, to kind of go into and do next. Excellent. Final question. What can we do to spread care um, in a sustainable way, in a loving way, in a way that is inspiring rather than, you know, because... Yeah can't impose care on anyone you can only yeah choose to care yeah um so there's something that's always stuck with me and a friend of mine a lady called jazz who um she's incredible um 
she always talks about thinking about leaving people feeling joy um, and feeling kind of valued. And for me, it's the smallest thing about thinking about every single interaction you have with someone and thinking about it from their perspective. How am I going to leave this person feeling? And if I can leave them feeling valued and with joy and hope, then um, hopefully I've made a difference to their day. I love that. You know, this is so, and this is what a, what a great way to, to finish the day. Basically, the two, you just said two things that are fundamental. Every time you meet a person, ask those two questions. How did I make them feel? And what value did I add? Yeah. If we continuously do that, we'll have a, a fantastic and more caring world. Thank you so much for sharing this, Ellie. It's been a really wonderful to have you today and, and share um, your wisdom, your journey from your perspective. And uh, um, it's, I'm very excited to start a new season. And um, next uh, episode, we're having uh, one of the most caring CEOs that is joining us next uh, next week. And um, looking forward, obviously, to following you. And, and any, uh, if anyone has any questions for you, what is the best way to reach you? So, first of all, Marion, thank you. Um, I really, really valued and enjoyed our chat this morning. I'll definitely be tuning in um, to listen to the next episode and continue to learn. And um, you'll find me where you'd expect to find me. Um, LinkedIn is a great channel. Excellent. We wish you a fantastic uh, chapter four. God bless you and keep spreading care. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you very much. <laughs>